Thank you, Kent. It's always good to see you. Well, good morning. Good morning. I'm Shelly Steller. I am the creative arts pastor. And listen, I knew that it was going to be a good day when my husband Randy and I were driving to church early this morning and it was still dark outside. And we drove past the 12-foot-tall pumpkinhead skeleton, and he was lit up, and it looked like he was on fire on the inside. And I was like, yeah, today is going to be a good day. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, show of hands, real, just, just, this has nothing to do with anything. I'm just curious. Do any of you all have the 12-foot-tall skeleton? No? No? Okay. We have like 25 in our neighborhood. I'm just like wondering. I think we're winning. But anyway, uh, it's nothing to do with anything. I just uh, want to let you know that I am happy to be here. I'm in a good mood. I'm excited to bring the message to you today because we are continuing our series called Power to Change. And this is one of those practical series that I really appreciate because I love how practical Christianity is. Do you know what I mean? It is not some ethereal, mystical religion. We serve and follow a God who knows what it's like to be us. Who actually cares about us. And I think sometimes... Well, we forget how special that is. But following Jesus, that's a daily, practical act of worship that affects every part of our lives. And this is the kind of stuff that we have been talking about. I never get tired of reading Romans 12 in the message version because it's so dramatic. All right, I want to read this, guys. Listen up. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. Ah, that, that's the kind of change we're talking about in this whole series. It's letting the Holy Spirit Grow us up from the inside out because God cares about every part of our lives. And I love this. And that's why we can come in this room and online, you can tune in, you're watching, you're listening. We're all, we can talk about things like change and personal growth from a different perspective. We do not have to be independent Pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, people. We don't, we don't have to manifest things into the universe. We don't have to rely on luck or karma for our well-being. We don't even have to be in control. Followers of Jesus 
have the Holy Spirit's power driving our lives. And that, that makes all the difference in the world. And so for the past couple of weeks, we've summed it up like this. True and lasting change isn't behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. We're being changed. So we can make all kinds of charts and plans and goals, but if we aren't being changed at our soul levels, man, we're going we're gonna to hit some walls. And even if we are committed to making that soul kind of change, we can still sometimes feel a little stuck from time to time, right? And so during this series, we've been talking about ways that we can kind of get unstuck. We've talked about our spiritual who's, what's, and why's. We, we've talked about starting new habits and breaking old ones. And today, we're talking about how changing our language can help shift our perspective and attitude about change. Have you ever noticed that sometimes just changing the way you phrase something or say something affects the way you think about it? Like the other week, um, it could just be the tone alone. The other week, a, a friend of mine, he said, you know, there, when I say, what could go wrong? It sounds totally different from when my wife says, what could go wrong? <laughs> you know, it's like the same sentence. But they mean totally different things. So sometimes it's our tone, but sometimes it is the actual word that affects our attitude. And so when it comes to talking about personal growth and change, there is one word that almost always comes up, and I think it's causing us problems. It's the little word, try. Think about it. Whenever we want to make a change, what do we say? I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to stop smoking. I'm trying to read my Bible every day. I'm trying to be patient in my relationships. I'm trying to stop talking about people behind their backs. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Does that make you anxious just hearing it? It makes me like, oh, 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 you know, but I say it all the time. Try to stop using the word try and See how hard it is. I mean, we, we use it all the time, y'all, all the time. And so I think that if you're talking about trying different flavors of ice cream, great, perfect word, good word. But other than that, I think it is just not good enough. Now, I know when I say the word try, I know what you nerds are thinking, Michael Shackman. I know. I know, because I'm a nerd, and I speak your language. I know when I say the word try, you're thinking about this. Yoda. You were, weren't you? I know, I know. You know, do or do not. There is no try. I can't, I can't say Yoda, but I shouldn't have tried that. But there, there is what. Do or do not, there is no try. And you know what? He kind of knew what he was talking about. Yoda gets the problem with the word try, because Trying is a half-hearted commitment. It gives us an easy out. Because if we fail at something, we can just say, I tried, you know, 
I'm going to do it all the time. Well, I tried. I tried. Trying makes it easy to quit. So how about today? Let's look at a couple of alternative words that we can use and see if they make a difference. Okay, here's our first word. Are you ready? But are you ready? Are you ready? Training. This is our first word, training. Okay, listen to what Paul told the believers in Corinth. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching others, I myself might be disqualified. Okay, one thing you need to know about Paul. He was a really smart guy. And he always knew his audience, and he knew how to connect with them and relate to them. And when he was in Athens, surrounded by a bunch of philosophy nerds, guess what? He talked about philosophy. But in Corinth, he talked sports because Corinth hosted the Isthmian Games. And this was part of the Olympics, and it was a big, big deal. There was horse racing, athletic, athletic competitions, even a battle of the bands. I don't know why, but it was part of the Olympics, okay? And the Corinthians, they knew. They knew about training hard and competing to win. And they would have related to hearing athletes are disciplined in their training and running with purpose in every step. They would have connected with that. And some of you relate to this too. Oh, yeah. I know it. That your ears just perk up when you hear training and running and winning because you're athletic. Yeah, you're, you're lifting the weights. You're running the races. You're out there every morning pounding the pavement while the rest of us are still asleep. You know what it takes. You get it. I mean, I can kind of relate to this. You may be surprised to know that I train in martial arts. I do. I see the surprise on your face. <laughs> but I do. I take, I take Tai Chi class at the Community Arts Center. It is as impressive as it sounds. I am one of the youngest people in the class. <laughs> Think about that. That is saying something. But listen, y'all, I have been trained to deliver a throat punch in slow motion. I mean, I could probably protect all y'all, just letting you know. So I get it. I get the training thing. Uh, and then when Paul, when Paul said they do it to win a prize, it will fade away. Well, the Corinthians, they understood that part too. That would have made sense to them. Because get this, the prize for the Olympics, we don't have gold medals, right? The original prize for the Olympics was a crown of leaves. <laughs> like, it's just like, it looks like a wreath. And it was made out of dry 
celery, wild celery, or pine. It was here today, gone tomorrow. So Paul is connecting with the Corinthians in language that relates to them, and they get it, and they understand, and he's connecting with them so that he can tell them about a different kind of training and a different kind of prize. He goes on to tell, he, he was mentoring this young man named Timothy. He was a pastor, and he explains a little bit more to him. He says, he says, Timothy, do not waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Y'all, when we let the Holy Spirit train us and change us spiritually, that, that's impacting our lives now, but also forever. So some of you, what if you substitute the word training for trying? Like, what would that feel like? I'm training to be more patient in my relationships. I haven't perfected it. I don't always get it right, but I'm in training. Oh, do you feel that shift? Do you feel how it gives you a little more space to breathe? Yeah, we're, we're not trying. We're training. It leaves room for grace. Christian philosopher Dallas Willard said, we are not trying to be different people, but we are training to be different people. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe that word works for you. And if that connects with you, give it a go this week and, uh, you know, see if it changes your perspective. But I want to um, throw out another word that, like, I personally connect with more. I love the training thing. That's great. But, like I said, Tai Chi for arthritis class is not really my word I vibe with. But the word that I, that I resonate with, learning. Okay? And maybe, maybe, this, maybe this works for you. Anytime we make a change, we are learning. Even if it's a change that we have we have failed at time after time, many, many times. This time is a new opportunity to learn and grow. And when people are in a learning stage, we tend to give them a little more grace, don't we? I mean, if you pull up to a stoplight and you see this bumper sticker in front of you, you see a bumper sticker like that, okay, you know, right? Back off. Give them a little extra space. You know, to be mindful that the driver's inexperienced and he, he may stop, they may stop suddenly or they may forget to turn on their turn signal or, you know, you just know, you know, you give them space and grace. You, we, we don't expect someone who's learning to be an expert. You don't pick up the violin day one and next day you're playing a concerto in Carnegie Hall. It's just ridiculous. And we know that. And um, in her book, Chase the Fun, which I highly recommend, Annie F. Downs talks about how great it is to be a learner, to be an amateur. You know, an amateur is someone who's just learning or doesn't get paid for it, okay? But she says this. She says, I'm a professional at one thing. 
my job. That's it. That is the only thing in my life where it really matters that I be a professional. And everything else, every relationship, every activity, all of it, I'm an amateur. And it's actually better that way. Y'all, there are so many upsides to being an amateur, to being a learner. For one thing, there is, there is joy in learning. Some of you know, if you were your friends on Facebook or something, or if you have spent five minutes with me, then some of you know that recently I started learning how to crochet. I know, it is as exciting as all the sports talk, okay? Well, I have been learning how to crochet, and my, it's something I've always wanted to do. My grandmother tried to teach me when I was a kid, and it just never took, and I gave up. And then six months ago, I, I saw this kit that you could get online, and it had left-handed video instructions. And I thought, huh? Is that why I can learn how to do this? Because my grandmother was right-handed, and she was trying to teach me right-handed, but I'm left-handed. So I, I wonder. So I bought a kit, Pierre the Penguin. I bought Pierre the Penguin, and I took a chance on it. And guess what? I'm not trying. I'm doing it. I made like 15 penguins in a row. <laughs> and I am learning, and most of the time, it's really, really fun. But learning, like training, takes discipline. It all takes discipline. Athletes, you athletes, you, you buy the gear. Scott's been talking about those Hoka shoes. I only know about them because Joel has some. And you, you hire the trainer. You get the gym membership. You do the work. Well, learning is that way too. Listen, you got to see me when I sit down to crochet. I'm not playing around, all right? I start with my arm support pillow that I wear around myself, okay? And then um, I add my neck light, full strength, okay? I uh, grab my stitch counter. I get my ergonomic hook and my bag with the holes in it so the yarn can come out and the cat doesn't get to it. And I do not look like I'm going to crochet. I look like I'm going to war, all right? But here I am, and I know that I look like the crazy cat lady. <laughs> and that is fair. But guess what I also know? I know that today, three of you good people get to take home an emotional support pumpkin. Now, I only have three. I wish I could have made more, but my hand was about to fall off. So let's just see. I don't know how I could throw it, how far I could throw it. Remember, I'm a nerd. This is the best I can do. All right. Y'all, I'm learning. I have graduated from penguins to pumpkins, and I'm learning. But here's the thing with this, y'all. Sometimes I mess up. I do. I, I will lose count. I'll forget where I am. 
I'll do the wrong kind of stitch, and then I have to frog it. Do you know what that means? It means you got it. They call it frogging because it sounds like a frog. But I just have to rip the whole thing out, and I have to start all over again. Randy will see me. He's like, oh, my gosh, well, you've been working on that for two hours. I'm like, yep, I know. <laughs> Too bad. This is happening right now, pal, because that penguin has two ears and a head and 14 wings. So I have to, like, I do this, and then sometimes, that's sometimes... I, something turns out so wonky that I just look at it and I say, well, that's a cat toy. And, but you know what? Here's the thing. Y'all, I don't, I don't give myself a hard time. I'm not upset about this. You know why? Because I'm learning. I've only been doing this six months. I'm just, I'm learning. And maybe, maybe that kind of language Maybe that can help you with whatever change that you're making. Try it. Um, oh, see? See? You guys, seriously. All right. I am learning to be more patient in my relationships. I haven't perfected it. I don't get it right every time, but I'm learning. See? Room for grace. We're not trying, we're learning. So if that word resonates with you, incorporate that into your language. Did you see how I avoided the word try there? Incorporate that into your language this week and see what happens. Uh, but whether you are training or learning, there is one word that both of them need, and that is practice. Lasting change, no matter what kind it is, lasting change takes practice. Paul told the church in Philippi, he said, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard me, you heard from me, and everything you saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. Now, Paul wasn't saying, oh, look at me, I'm so great, be like me. No, I mean, he called himself the chief of sinners, right? This wasn't about him. It was about everything he taught them. He went from church to church training believers to live the way Jesus lived, teaching them how the Holy Spirit works in believers. He was encouraging believers to practice their training and to practice what they were learning. Part of the transformation the Holy Spirit works in us, part of that transformation happens as we are practicing our faith. And this takes practice. I am practicing being more patient in my relationships. I, I, I haven't perfected it. I don't get it right every time, but I'm practicing. And y'all, every day is full of opportunities to practice living out our faith. Every conflict, that's a chance to practice gentleness. Every frustration, that is a chance to practice patience. 
every offense, every hurt, as a chance to practice grace and forgiveness. We're not trying. We're training. We're learning. We're practicing to be the people God created us to be. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you so much. I'm astounded at how much you care about every soul in this room, everyone watching online, every little thing about our lives, and you know it and you care. You are the God of compassion and mercy, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness, and we we worship you for that. Father, help us to let go. Help us to give you control. We ask that your spirit will transform us from the inside out. Help us to practice this week what you put in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.